reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, what do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. They answered and said to him, you were born totally in sin and you are trying to teach us. Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered and said, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him and the one speaking with you is he. And he said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshiped him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. The Lord be with you. We have some readings this week that keep using a similar imagery, which we've all heard before, this imagery of being in sin means to be in darkness, to be with Christ means to be in the light. And, and beautifully phrased in the letter, the Ephesians, which we read from St. Paul, he asks us to be children of the light. Now we could hear this and there's a sort of a danger, perhaps because this imagery is so common and so simple, we might just say to ourselves, well, yep, there's darkness and light, and really bad people are in the dark, but I'm a good person, so I'm in the light, right? The, the, the Hitlers and the Putins are over in the dark category, and I'm just a nice person. I try to be good, so obviously I'm in the light, and we just move on from there. And that's a bit of a danger because it's not entirely that simple. The psychological sciences, sciences in the last uh, hundred years or so have come up with a few uh, interesting ideas. One of them is that, as Carl Jung would say, we all have a shadow side in our heart. Truthfully, it's more like there's a battle between light and darkness going on in each one of our hearts. We're all capable of immense evil. That's just what it means to be human this side of heaven. And so I was thinking today, uh, well, what possible 
example could I use for this? And it has a little bit of a political tone to it, so I wasn't sure. Then I woke up feeling like I should take a few risks today, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> and uh, let's see how it goes. Well, it's an example from Germany in the 1930s. In that time, the Nazi party was coming to power, and little by little, Hitler gained control, and we know what happened in the Second World War. When we look at history, we often see the people and the events. We often, perhaps, at least I do this, you think to yourself, well, if I were in such and such a person's place, I would have done something different. We might look at Germany in the 1930s and say, how could so many people have joined the Nazi party? If I was there, I wouldn't have done that. Well, the statistics say otherwise. The majority did, the minority, the few exceptions, were people, men like uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This was a Lutheran pastor, brilliant scholar, wrote some beautiful books, and he was imprisoned early on because he was, from the beginning, a vocal critic of the Nazi ideas. He almost made it through the war in the concentration camp. He died in 1945. There's another guy, Catholic saint, Catholic priest, Maximilian Kolbe. He died early on in the war in 1941 in Auschwitz for also having uh, opposed Hitler. It's a little naive, almost embarrassingly so, if we were to think to ourselves, well, I would have been like Dietrich or Maximilian. The answer is probably otherwise. And the danger in that and not considering yourself in the, in the shadow side, the darkness that's in your heart, is if you don't have darkness, then you don't need a savior. This man in the gospel, which we read today, Jesus comes along in the temple area, a man who's born blind. That's a really big difference from someone who becomes blind. Right? A man born blind doesn't even know what it means to see. You can't explain that to someone who's blind from birth. But he knew he needed something. He knew there was something more to life. And when he found Christ, he received that miracle. Now, when you read this passage, I always kind of get a little distracted with Jesus spitting on the ground and making mud and then putting that mud on the man's eyes. You kind of maybe ask, well, why did Jesus have to do that? You know, couldn't there have been a different way to do it? Well, we didn't really know this until the 1960s. In the Holy Land, there was a discovery in a, in a cave of a bunch of scrolls, ancient scrolls from the time of Jesus. A lot of them had passages from the Bible, but there were a lot of just uh, commentaries on daily life and some passages about the Jewish rabbis and how they had interpreted scriptures. And for the Jewish people in the time of Jesus, when they read the book of Genesis where God takes dust and makes Adam and Eve, they said, well, you can't form dust. You need something to make it into a clay. And that something was God's saliva. The breath of his mouth, the breath of his life, his saliva was used to create Adam and Eve. 
And for Jesus to be in the temple, in the sight of those Jewish rabbis and the people, and to use his own saliva and to make clay was symbolizing, telling the world in a very clear way, he was God. And he can do what only God can do, which is to recreate out of nothing and to recreate that man's eyes. I like to think of this man as he opens his eyes and he sees Christ who is God. When we go to heaven, what are we going to do for all eternity? We're going to look at God. It's that amazing. Perhaps it doesn't sound that exciting, but there's nothing more beautiful or amazing than to be in the presence of God. And this man had the grace of seeing God, the first image he had opening his eyes. After that, not even a beautiful sunset would compare. Everything was sort of a letdown after that, you could say. Let's bring this home to us today, that dark and the light, the good and the evil at war in my own heart. We all need a savior. And you don't have to be in the, uh, well, you could be anywhere on the map with your preferences, with your political views. Wherever you're at, I think we can all agree that our culture outside is often very selfish. We like to get what we want right away. There's many things we can do that are very selfish. You don't have to get married anymore. It's enough to just live together. If you don't want to be married, it's easy to get the paperwork done. If you have a child coming that you don't want, there's a solution for that. We just sort of often out there see a culture that says, be selfish. You do you and do what's good for you. And there is something good about taking care of yourself. But to ask yourself, if I was in 1930s Germany, would I have been a Dietrich or a Maximilian or in the other side, is to ask yourself, in the midst of that selfish culture, am I going along with it? Or am I being a child of the light? I think it's a simple question. It's not easy to call a friend and say, on a Sunday morning or on a weekend to say, sorry, I know you invited me to do such and such, a, such and such a thing on Sunday morning, but my family and I are going to church. Not in every situation might you want to say that because of how you'd be viewed. Well, this morning you all decided to come, so that's a good thing, right? We're here being children of the light. Let's recognize our own capacity for that battle in our heart. Let's ask our Lord to be our Savior and let's leave behind today that desire, that selfishness that all of us have in one way or another. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.